Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. How's everyone doing today? Good. Very good. Um, I asked my daughter this morning when she woke up how she was doing, and she said this, which means so, so. And I said, oh, why? You're not feeling good? And she's like, my hair is messy. So... (laughs) But then we fix that, so she's good now. But um, it's gonna be good. So, um, hello, good morning. I want to say hello to everyone watching online this morning. I'm not sure if our friends in Africa are watching at this point. They might be. They are okay. Hello across the world. Ah, so good. I have had weird hours of sleep because I keep like trying to keep tabs on everybody. But it was just great to see. Them, you guys worshiping in Africa this morning. We could take some tips from you all. Um, so good. But uh, we are here today in Chilliwack, and it's going to be great here too. A little rainy, but it's going to be good. But my message title this morning is Turbulante. <laughs> yeah, wait. Just wait for it. It's all going to make sense. But um, part of this came is because we've been on airplanes a little bit more than usual this year, which is great. We're not complaining. We're blessed in every way. Um, but recently, we took a trip across to Ontario, and it was all right. We were there to honor a great man of God and, and worship the Lord with friends, and that was really awesome. But the way there and the way back were very bumpy. And... Uh, and have a few things to say about that but both ways I was like dear Lord I always pray you know for the angels to hold our airplane for a really good flight crew and believers on the plane and things like that and so anytime there's some bumps I'm like you know Lord just please just a nice smooth flight would be great and it wasn't it wasn't the way there was pretty bumpy like like bumpy to the point where the plane like went like this way and like the the stewardess happened to be like pouring our coffees at that time and kind of like landed on us and and she's like oh that's different and I'm like you don't really want to hear that <laughs> when you're on the airplane like dear Jesus but also if you if you happen to have had any type of disagreement with your spouse there's something about um you know <laughs> those moments where you're like sorry I love you <laughs> see it applies to relationships but anyway so both ways we got there it's great coming back was also pretty bumpy and I was like Lord please a smooth flight praying all the things and speaking in tongues and all that to the point where close to the end I was like you know what whatever and I just kind of bumped along with it and we got home and safely so you know all that to say sometimes things get bumpy and it doesn't mean you're gonna die So, turbulence. If we think about something as being turbulent, here's a couple little facts about that. But we usually think of it as being characterized by chaos, disorder, confusion, just not controlled, not calm. You know, again, if you are a frequent flyer, you've probably experienced turbulence a time or two where an otherwise smooth, maybe even boring flight is suddenly disturbed by turbulence maybe a change in wind speed or air temperature or or whatever can jostle the plane and rattle its passengers you might notice that all of a sudden you are paying attention to details you didn't even notice before maybe you're checking your seatbelt. maybe you're holding on to that armrest or hand of your person 
Maybe you're listening really closely to the sound that the engine seems to be making. Maybe it seems to be clicking. Or maybe you're paying attention to the vibration under your feet. I know this happens to me. Does this not happen to anybody else? <laughs> you're like, is everything okay? <laughs> but you know, fortunately also, well, the same thing can be in relationships, okay? So sometimes when you have a change in circumstances or something kind of abrupt happens, all of a sudden we can become just quite tuned into things in a different way. Isn't that right? But the good news is, is just as turbulence is often adjusted, it's a normal part of flying, and it rarely brings down the airplane, relational turbulence is also a natural part of growing deeper in relationship with others. You know, it's a, it's a byproduct of getting to know people in a different, in a different way. And you know, sometimes we can make this assumption that when things get bumpy, that all of a sudden it's chaos or all of a sudden it's unstable or we can go to extremes. But it might just be that it's the transition is towards greater intimacy and it just requires a little extra tender care. You know, and just like the pilot can make some adjustments with the airplane, we can also make adjustments, can't we? To love and serve each other better. You know, an extremely powerful tool that we have at our disposal, or it can be a weapon, and that is our words. You know, the opposite of uh, turbulence is, is known as peaceful and calm and quiet. <laughs> but you know what, let's, let's hop over to the book of James this morning. James chapter 3. And just for a little bit of context, the book of James is written by James, not our friend James on the guitar, but James, the half-brother. He's very wise, too. If you, you can ask him questions. But James, the half-brother of Jesus. And so this book is, is basically his legacy of wisdom, and it was written for the early church, but it also is for us, for the church now. And James chapter 3 was written for everybody and the reason I say that, it's because it's, it's talking about something that we all deal with every day, and that is what to say, what not to say, also when, where, and how. So we're just going to jump, jump right into James chapter 3. So the whole thing is good. It's hard for me to... I encourage you to read all of James chapter 3 this week, and I know you will if you are in a connect group. But I'm going to go to... No, I'm going to start from the top and we'll see where it goes. <laughs> but James chapter 3. So not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Okay, point, fair point. Because even as I prepared to talk about um, the tongue and the power of the tongue and words and what to say and what not to say, I felt a little bit of stress because I'm like, oh Lord, I do not want to say the wrong things up here this morning. So Verse 2, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. Is there any perfect man in the house? No. Okay. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. 
it can corrupt the whole person, set the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Yikes. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our God, our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. All right, it's, it keeps going good, just so you know, in that chapter, but all right. Our tongue is powerful. What we say is powerful. And when we let something out of our mouth, we cannot actually take it back. We can apologize, but we've said it. And often when we hear, we can hear 25 really good things. And if we hear one bad thing, often that's the one that goes in, right? So how should we use our words in bumpy times or any times? A couple points for you today. One is give your gratitude. And if I, had, if I could choose one point today, I, it would be this one. So let's just kind of write that down and hone in for a second. But there's no such thing as gratitude unexpressed. So that's like, but I'm very thankful in my heart. Okay, that's great. But if it is not expressed, it is actually plain old-fashioned ingratitude. There's a story about a husband and wife you might have heard. They wake up on their the morning of their 25th wedding anniversary. This is not a story about me, but just so you know. But the, the woman is sobbing hysterically, which is not a good sign. The husband has no idea why. So he's like, what is wrong with you? Why could you possibly be sad on our anniversary? And the wife answers, she's like, you never tell me that you love me. And the husband says, listen, I told you 25 years ago I loved you. And if anything changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> don't do that okay don't do that so no matter how long <laughs> where's Bob <laughs> he's reading his bible <laughs> no matter how long you've been in a relationship Bob it's important to share with that person how much you admire and respect it's <laughs> great and how grateful you are for having them in your life. Okay. A lot of times we can think that the people that are close to us know how we feel. And that's not always the case. And even if it is, sometimes we just need to hear it. You know, we all have basic needs in the house. You know, food, cloth, clothing, water, shelter. But we all have the basic need of needing to be seen. You know, and a lot of times when you are, say you are a natural giver, and if most people I know do, like we all feel better when we give, and most people don't do it for the prize. They don't do it so that you toot their horn at them. But we do need to know that what we do matters, right? So even the strongest person sometimes just needs to be told, hey, you make a difference. So if you're thinking it about somebody or you notice something about someone, tell them they might really need to hear it. I know for me, my love language, one of my top love languages is words of affirmation. And so I go, if I'm feeling empty, I will go to the people that are closest to me and I'll just say, hey, can you say something nice about me? <laughs> and it sounds, maybe it sounds silly, but you know what, a couple of things, even if some things I already know deep down inside, 
but just to hear from the people I care about, hey, you do this and it makes a difference. Like, okay, I'm fine. Then just carry on on my way. Don't don't need a lot, but we we all need to know that we matter and that what we do matters. First Thessalonians 5:18 says, "Be thankful in all circumstances." Not necessarily thankful for all circumstances, but be thankful in all circumstances. You know, it's not always easy, but it is possible by the grace of God. It goes on to say, "For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus." So I am in the will of God when I'm grateful. Would you like to get out of the will of God? No. <laughs> but if you want to do that, lose your gratitude. Lose your gratitude for your spouse, for your kids, for your job. Lose your gratitude for your church. Lose your gratitude and you will find yourself out of the will of God. In many cases, before the behavior, before dishonesty or disrespect or dishonor, or anger, a lot of times before that becomes a lack of gratitude. It's a discipline we need to keep. Stay grateful and say it out loud. You know, I'm always preaching to myself, just a reminder. This, this saying the, the thank yous out loud has been on my radar. I, when I read that quote, if you don't express it, you don't have, you're not being grateful. I'm like, okay, point taken. But have you ever woken up in the morning and you're just not feeling it? Yeah, <laughs> just in general, grateful or whatever. You can feel your thoughts are swirling and taking a turn and dragging you right down. You know, early in our marriage, Matt and I started challenging each other in this and we didn't, we weren't always appreciative of it, but to say, hey, what are three things you're thankful for? What are three goals you want to accomplish? So, you know, you're in a mood, you don't always, want to do it but we do it's our discipline thank you for a hot shower hot coffee hot husband there you go you know but the thing about it is is even if you weren't feeling it as soon as you start saying thank you as soon as you start looking at what is working you start to see more it grows it grows either way right so let's just do that but you know we all as much as possible, we start any meeting out around here with wins. And the reason that we do that is because anytime we don't, we notice it immediately. Because if we don't keep that discipline, it is very easy for the negative to lead and the negative to grow. And all of a sudden, you might have one problem and 30 good things, but you've let that one problem change your outlook, change your decisions. And so that's what we do. We keep our eyes on what's working. We keep our eyes on Jesus. And we go from there. You know, we, I learned long ago that we don't make decisions when we're in a valley or we're in a low place. So we need to look up. Let's stay grateful. Our friends, okay? Let's just do that. Point number two. So that's your main point for today. <laughs> stay grateful. Say it out loud. But number two, fight to forgive. Really, equal is important, but in a different way. And how do you know when you've forgiven somebody? something to think about I don't know if you if you're here in the house and you've ever forgiven thought you forgave somebody and then years down the road something came up in you and you realize there's still some pretty big feelings there well how do you know if you've been if you've forgiven here's a couple of things if there's someone that you need to forgive and you begin to pray daily for them it's amazing how your heart will change they might have really done something 
something bad. When you start to pray for them, God will change your heart. God will heal your heart and he'll change your heart towards them. Second thing is when you do good, do good to them. Do you know that if you do good to someone who did bad to you, that God can handle it? Do you know that if someone stole 50 bucks from you, that you can bless them <laughs> and God's got more than 50 bucks? And you know, don't wait to forgive. You don't have to pray about it. If someone, and if someone says to you, I'm sorry, do not say, okay, well, I'm going to think about it. They might not be your best friend anymore, or you might have some trust to repair, but do not hold the forgiveness back. We do not have that right. We are not entitled to that. God gave his son to die for us, for all of our sins, for all of our inexcusable sins. We do not have the right to withhold forgiveness. If we try to, we will get sick, we will go crazy, we will die. Forgiveness is life or death. In the spring of this year, we um, had a women's day and uh, lots of you were there. And uh, one of my friends was talking about mental health and I said, you know what I feel like? Could you talk about forgiveness? And she said, the root of most mental health problems are unforgiveness. Okay, then that, then let's do that. Let's talk about that. It's because we try to hold on to something that we are not meant to. It's way too heavy. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 and 20. Oh, actually, we're going to start in verse 11. It says, this command I give you today is not too hard for you. It's not beyond what you can do. It's not up in heaven. You do not have to ask who will go up to heaven and get it for us. Then we can obey it and keep it. It is not on the other side of the sea. You do not have to ask who will go across the sea and get it, who will tell it to us. Then we can keep it. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart, so you may obey it. Verse 19 says, Today I ask heaven and earth to be witnesses. I'm offering you life or death, blessings or curses. Now choose life that you and your children may live. Love the Lord your God. Obey him. Stay close to him. He's your life, and he will let you live many years in the land. This is the land he promised to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Just a couple little, little things. Stay close to God. Obey him. Point number three today is practice the pause. Maybe you've heard this before, but it's also known as self-control. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But I just encourage you today, remind yourself to pause before you say that thing. A funny statement I heard this year was, if you think you hate everyone, have something to eat. <laughs> if you think everyone hates you, go to sleep. All right? Do those things before you say <laughs> anything. You know, and, and again, a rule in our marriage is after 8 p.m., we don't talk about serious things. Why? Because we're tired. Our brains are not 
not at full. <laughs> this is public counseling for the <laughs> So good. Okay. I want to read a verse from Romans chapter 12. Uh, verse 2 today, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know, something I just want to touch on is that we can sometimes get good at not saying the things, but it doesn't mean that we've forgiven. And sometimes just holding on to it can make it still stay ugly. And why is that? It's because we still need our minds to be renewed. Renewed by the word of God, you know, by talking to Jesus about those hurts or those kind of issues and things like that, right? So again, not conforming, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind. First Corinthians chapter 13 is the love chapter. And I know we just celebrated Valentine's Day not too long ago, and it's a popular one. But verse 4 to 7 goes like this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Something that I recently started doing, both for myself and my family, is to say those verses as a prayer. So just simply like this, Charmaine is patient, Charmaine is kind. You know, same thing. My husband is patient, my husband is kind. And you know, each of my children. And as we go through those things, it's amazing how even for me just praying it out loud, it's kind of like my battle plan. How am I going to show love today? I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to always hope for the best. You know, and I think too, sometimes when I've been frustrated, because I'm a human person too and I get frustrated. But when I've been frustrated with my husband, but I think about how would I want him to respond to me at this time? You know, there's so many times that we can be angry with people for things that they have no clue about. They don't know you have that expectation. Or maybe they're just physically not able to. Maybe they're at capacity and they just, they can't. They don't have it in them, right? But I think for myself, if I was at that point, I know I've had many years with young children where maybe you remember, but your brain is not maybe at full capacity and you have what you have and then there's nothing else to give. So think about that, you know, when you've been shown grace and give that grace. And really that's kind of what I want to wrap it up today. Our takeaway today is just going to jump back to Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. It says, today I ask heaven and earth to be witnesses. I'm offering you life or death blessings or curses. Now choose life that you and your children may live. Yeah, and these, I know this is a little bit like bump, 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 but these are huge. If you can think about that, give your gratitude, fight to forgive. And you can ask the Lord, if you're having trouble and it's just like, God, I can't do it on my own. He's well aware. You can reach out at any time. And practice that pause. You know what? Usually things don't need to be solved in a day. Problems don't usually happen in one day. You know, there's often a buildup when there's a frustration or a conflict. And it doesn't have to happen at 10 p.m. when your brain's not working. Give it to Jesus. Have a good sleep. 
have some coffee, all that. You know, if you're here in the house today and you're like, okay, great, I just can't. Maybe you don't have Jesus in your life. I want to give you an opportunity, a moment in time right now to say yes to Jesus and to say, hey, I need your help. I know that I do. I need him every single day. And you know, I've come a long way myself. But there's still those days where it's like, hey, I'm weak. I need your help. I cannot do this. My natural human flesh is not up for it. (laughs) But he's always there and he wants to. He wants to help. He wants you to have the best marriage. He wants you to have the best friendships. He wants your workplace to be full of harmony. He wants your family dynamics to be strong and to be a light in this world. It's an interesting place out there for our kids, but the most important thing is what happens in the home, and God wants you to be strong. You know, I pray over my own children that they will be mighty in the land. I used to be scared to make to pray any prayer but God protect them. But now my prayer is God make them mighty in the land. You know, that they can walk into places they aren't afraid of sickness. They aren't afraid of people that believe different than them. We need to be a light out there. It's dark. We can't hide it. We need to be a light. Can I ask you to stand to your feet this morning? So if you have never met my Jesus, I want to tell you today that he is God's one and only son. Sent from heaven to earth to live an ordinary life as a perfect person but to die a painful death for each one of us in this room a painful death that would take care of sin once and for all and our job is just to receive it to say I'm sorry for my sin I know I need you Jesus and I choose to follow you today so we're going to say a prayer right now just saying that just saying what I just said So if I can ask everyone in the room to close your eyes and bow your heads. Just give everyone that privacy at the moment. But we're going to pray this prayer together. And if you're here today and you are accepting Jesus into your life for the first time, I just encourage you to do that with your whole heart. Don't hold back. He wants to take all the pain, all of your past, and give you a fresh, brand new start. So just repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I thank you for this day. Thank you that I'm here. And I'm sorry for my sin. I believe that you died for my sin. And so that I could be free and have a new life with you today. I choose now to follow you all the days of my life. And I thank you that my past is now past. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Right, just keeping your eyes closed this morning. If you're here in the room and, and anything that I said to you today, if it spoke to you in the season of life you're in or any of your relationships right now, would you just do me a favor and give me a wave this morning? Awesome. Well, praise God. I just pray you are blessed. And keeping your eyes closed. If you're here in the house and you chose today to to give your heart to Jesus and ask, ask for his help in every area of your life. Would you be brave and bold to put your hand up on the count of three? One, two, three. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So good. Thank you, Jesus. You know, in the Bible, in, in the book of Luke, it says, if even one person 
comes to know Jesus that the angels are having a party. It literally says that the angels have a party, which is what I'd really like to see one day. <laughs> Those angels. So we just celebrate. Let's just give a hand to the Lord and just celebrate here on earth. Welcome to the family. And if you're here in the house and you've chosen this morning just to recommit your life to God, just to go hard after him and give your worries up to him, would you just give, do me a favor and put your hand up saying yes. I invite you into my, yeah, that's right. Come on, let's give a hand. <laughs> just inviting you into my reality. All right, we're going to just, we're going to spend some time in worship. We're going to sing a song called Firm Foundation. And really it's just talking about how God's not going to fail. Whether we're feeling like we've been waiting for answers or maybe you're reaching out to him for the first time, he's not going to fail you. His plans are great. His, his thoughts are higher and he knows what's best for us. So we're just going to worship him in that full trusting that he is God and that he is good. And during that time, if you would like to come down and be baptized, I welcome you to do that. We have a baptism tank here. And we give an opportunity at every service for baptism. And the reason is, is in the Bible, it's one of our first steps in discipleship is just saying goodbye to the old you and yes to new life in Christ. And it signifies when Jesus went to the cross and was buried in a tomb and then three days later, he rose again. So again, it's just going under, leaving our past behind and being raised to new life in Jesus. So I'll be here. You can come on down at any time. Let's worship with our whole hearts. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.